Hi everyone, I'm Emily. And I'm Vince. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown. We're excited. Wait a minute. Your microphone stand sagged on you. That's tighter. That's looser. Me in the face. <laughs> it's oh. <laughs> the audio has that. It's like this. <laughs> okay, Vince and I are using some new microphone stands today, so That's right. we're figuring it out. We're also getting a new audio interface, but it doesn't want to do what is right and make things easy for us. So we're using our old one today, and we'll figure out the the other one. By the time we, yeah. I mean, hopefully, by the time we record our next episode. Yeah, we should. Oh, things could just go smoothly. That'd be nice. No, that'd be too easy. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, Vince and I are going to be covering, I guess, Land Sorts is the one before this. And we're recording this one as well. But, so we have a series of two international lighthouses nice. going on. Um, so... We'll be visiting both of them, most likely. We're a little... We haven't had plans finalized, but we're um, going to Sweden, and then I'm going to Japan, so you can guess where we're going to be covering our lighthouse today. Very excite. (laughs) I am excite. Just so everyone is clear, I don't know where that accent is from, other than right (laughs) here and right now. Very excite. I am I am really excited. I don't think we've told the podcast yet about our trip. I don't know if we've mentioned it. So I, I don't know when this is airing, but yeah, we're going to Sweden and we're going to talk about that. Well, the way that I've set this up is in that Spain. the episode will post while we're in the country that the lighthouse is in. Oh, nice. The episode is over. So we're covering these lighthouses before we visit them. So if there's any adjustments that need to be made, um, because this is very difficult, the lighthouse stuff of the one in sweden is all in swedish and the lighthouses mm, the lighthouse in japan is all in japanese and so then all of my faith is in google translate but if they tell me <laughs> it's like you know, lightest. <laughs> <Dorlites. laughs> yeah. um anyway that's that's kind of the struggle that's been with these lighthouses is that yeah. i'm going by google translate which obviously is not complete english when it's translated it's broken up and google does its best yeah but sometimes it translates things wrong or things that don't need to be translated like the name of something is a swedish word and it translates it to like our last lighthouse translates to rural lighthouse or country lighthouse but it's just a name it's not right it's not supposed to be translated yeah yeah garlic yeah that was another mistake it's not Uh (laughs) it's uh yeah the more you know yeah we're going to sweden and then this will post while we're in Sweden. So if you're listening to this. No, this will post while I'm in Japan. Never mind. Still, <laughs> I'm going to say it anyways. Think you're mixed, of us. <laughs> it's mixed up because we're recording uh, the Sweden one tomorrow and the Japan one today. Oh, Sweden comes out before before Japan. I am all mixed up. <laughs> you're also not going to be here for the Japan one. So it's kind of. Oh, so I shouldn't even be on the podcast. All right. This one will be a pretty short episode. Um but we can get into it because I do have a history buoy. It's pretty broad. It's a pretty broad, broad subject. But you I'm... can't rush a good time. Oh, we got this. We got this. 
So I'm going to cover for my history buoy the history of lighthouses in Japan because we'll be covering a Japanese lighthouse. Okay. We know the general history of lighthouses if you listen to our History of Lighthouses episodes. There's two of them, one number one and two of our podcast. And we've dabbled a lot in talking about, you know, the USLHE, the Lighthouse Board, how things have changed over time in the U.S., but things are really different between countries. And you will absolutely see that between Sweden and Japan. It's yeah. very different, very different growth of lighthouses and its history cool. in either country. I'm excited. Different especially, history, especially different compared culture. to the U.S. Yeah. yeah, it's like for different reasons. I mean, U.S. is a fairly new country, which is why we have fairly new lighthouses. Okay. Japan is also have fairly new lighthouses, even newer than the U.S., but not because the country is young. It's because they resisted, and I thought you were going to say because of World War II or something. Uh no. Oh, t- oh like oh, you mean they like a, all... they we used to have them, but they were obliterated. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, I'm glad I, that's not what you said. <laughs> that would be sad. So lighthouse, a lighthouse in Japanese is called Todai. That's it's T-O-D-A-I. Todai. Mm-hmm. That's lighthouse in Japanese. Uh, lighthouses were considered to be a very Western thing to have. So hmm. the Japanese didn't have lighthouses for a long time. And also in the 15th century, so we're going, you know, like 600 years ago, Japan passed a law that forbid Japanese from leaving their country, which started like many centuries long era of isolation. And this was mainly based around a fear of westernization, which is basically it started in West Britain. Right. Their culture and ideals and everything spreading to the rest of the country, which there are downsides to it, of course. And culture is awesome. And so it's... It was like the first time that culture started to be shared between countries. You know, it, it included like uh, the importance of dental health. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like random things like that. It's like technology advancing and construction advancing. Yeah, concrete was one of the things. Westernization included concrete. So it's just a bunch of things like of modern life today were very Western and Japan resisted that for a long time because they obviously they value their culture and they didn't want it to get stamped out by Westernization, which in Japanese history, you can see kind of where that line was drawn, where the Japanese would wear suits and wool coats and things to work. But when they came home, they would put on their traditional garb. It's kind of like it became a political thing and not so much, you know. It, it's a whole, yeah. I, I don't understand it totally because I'm not a historian. But well, I don't. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go on a tangent. Okay. <laughs> you said this is the 1500s. This was the beginning of Westernization. No, the the for fif- the law. I the guess. 15th century was when Japan said. 1400s. Yeah. Wow. Japanese cannot leave the country because we we want to preserve the culture that we have in Japan. Yeah. 1400s. Ah oh, man, I want to read further into that. That's really interesting on its own. It just has mm-hmm. an idea. I'm, I'm, uh, I was recommended by a listener and friend of ours that I should listen to this audiobook. Well, he, read this book, but he said listen to the audiobook because the author orates the book himself, mm-hmm. which is always great. But um, is he he's, good? He's uh, well, the person it's so it's a biography, uh, and he is good. The person it's about is an Englishman. Um, and they're talking about the 1700s, I, th- mm-hmm. I believe. 
I believe, it, yeah, 1700s, because the United States is founded during this time period where this guy is alive. Okay. Not that that's relevant, but they mentioned 1776 on and on. But in the 1700s, there's these wonderful tangents this author goes on that are super long. Yeah. And he talks about one in of... In the book? He in, wrote these? Yes. Oh, and, my and gosh. It, and because he's orating it, it's like like I was out mowing the yard earlier listening <laughs> to this. And he goes and talks for you know 20 minutes on a subject that is not exactly relevant. So Interesting. obviously I'm a fan. Yeah, uh, we're to- <laughs> we're all about that. But but one of the tangents he was talking about was, um, I don't know what to call it, westernization, I'll call it for the moment, of people, they started to worry about things they hadn't worried about before. Yeah. All of a sudden, because of schools existing and education and we had enough food and civilization and laws, in England in the 1700s hundreds was when people started to worry about philosophy and they started to delve into it and a lot of um, people were picking up different sciences and studying things that hadn't been studied before right and this person that the biography is about is studying geography and uh, also geology so he eventually will come up with the first uh, geology map of the island of england of britain rather wow so it shows by layer where fossils are, where different coal resources oh, are. So this is not, you said this is a biography. I didn't process that. So this is not just a story that right. was It's written. true. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, uh, the point was this kid growing up in the 1700s had the access to a lot of things that weren't around before. And part of that, you know, people started exploring different things. Fashion changed, plumbing and construction yeah. changed, sciences changed. Uh, faith played into, you know, God created the earth and that's the end of the story. Yeah. Until now, this guy was pushing that. Yeah, by now saying, we're actually, seeing like evolution yeah, and stuff. Yeah, challenging evolution. Um, Darwin's, he didn't get burned at the stake. Darwin's theory didn't come out for another 30 years after this person oh, made his Oh my gosh. So, uh, wow, now that I say that, <laughs> I just can't believe that, that I just said. I'm pretty sure that's what they said in the book. But either way. Um, westernization, they're talking about this in Japan and a law had been passed. So obviously it wasn't the origin, but rather something that's going on mm-hmm. in the 1400s, 15th century. Is that right? Yeah. 1400s. That's just crazy. So that's crazy? give it, give the mic back to you. But, uh, this isolationism continued until like the 1800s. So he had a solid 400 years of keeping within their country borders you Incredible. know nobody was nobody was coming into or out of the country which i'm interested about like if what shipping was like like did they share goods with other people like how how isolated were they actually from the rest of the world right or was it just that people couldn't go out or in to the country and but they were still open to sharing because like I'm talking about is lighthouses didn't actually occur in Japan until later in the 1800s. Yeah. And that's super, super late for lighthouses to show up in a country that's existed long before. It's an island. Yeah. I mean, the whole world's islands, right? (laughs) So I I guess I don't know anything about um, that, but I don't know if commerce was a thing between Japan and other countries before this. I wonder if commerce is what drove the westernization of Japan. Uh, how how would it not be? I mean, how would you? Because Japan is fully, absolutely, fully developed today, if not pushing 
the boundaries yeah, technology of and stuff they're really any development anywhere right they might be the best i mean from what i know but there obviously was a shift somewhere mm-hmm. so what kicked that off that's and lighthouses being a technology and a practice yeah and obviously a very useful tool especially into you know the united states got really into lighthouses in 1800s that's mm-hmm. when we hear a lot of the origins yeah so yeah yeah crazy yeah so really the invention of the steam engine and growth in transportation kind of spurred conversation and relationships with Japan because now we're starting to be able to go anywhere in the world yeah. at any time with anything. And so Japan is like starting to be like, okay, maybe like we should not be so concerned about that and instead be concerned about growing our country in the way like not they're not really wanting westernization but you want dental hygiene you want stronger buildings you want to be able to look after your people to keep up in that way yeah and especially like technology and education and stuff like that it all kind of played into this like them starting to be open to the idea of westernizations because there are downsides to it it's like the politics no like you know one of the so I looked up downsides of westernization and it included like bad money handling that was just something that came along with the times Finance. yeah the importance of political correctness you know you're it's very likely that if you watch the news or yeah. whatever there's political it's like a facade that you can't you can't be real yeah and that's obviously something that would have been valued a lot in places like japan it's where you can authenticity yeah yeah anyway that i i do have a link in my show notes of how westernization came about in japan and it talks a lot about why and what that meant for japan upsides downsides all of that but okay okay we're focusing on lighthouses in this (laughs) in this podcast so that's what i focused in on it was it was a little chunk but so yeah. if you are interested, you should go head to my show notes. I have a, I have it in there. I will. I'll look at that. That's And we may talk about it again. Yeah. So Steam Engine brought upon some uh, relationships building, and it wasn't until the 1850s that the U.S. and Japan signed a Treaty of Friendship, which I thought was a cute name, but it's basically like we're open to – it's like a commerce treaty. They're signed with Officially US, open to trade. Yes. And like the British and other countries, they kind of just were like, okay, we're going to dive in and do this thing. We're going to yeah. trade and yeah, be in it, in it to win it. And so Japan began, began to westernize in earnest in the mid-1800s. And Japan didn't have engineers that understood concrete and like building lighthouses, building town centers i'm pretty sure their town like their town hall or whatever or what is it like capital building kind mm-hmm. of thing well, it was built by other engineers because they didn't they needed some they needed people from other countries to come in and teach their engineers how to make these buildings that were that is wild. strong and safe yeah so they brought in engineers to build schools banks railroads which is also interesting and lighthouses because now their ports are open and they need people to be safe coming to their country and so they have to build lighthouses so 
first lighthouse lit in Japan was in 1869 by Scottish engineer Richard Brunton. And this is the weirdest circle closure of information that I've ever seen. It's, um, you remember the Little Ross episode? Yes. Uh, part two, I want to say. I talked about Joseph Dick, and he's the guy who went to Japan to build lighthouses and ditched his wife and kids. Yeah, he was an assistant, right? Or no, he wasn't. He was an engineer. No, yeah, he was an engineer. Yeah, and then he started a new family. And he was sent by the Scottish, or maybe it was the British, Scottish, to <laughs> build lighthouses in Japan for five years. But then he wanted to stay, and so his wife and children went back to Scotland, and he took a Japanese lover had children, and died there. <laughs> wow. And so I'm looking at, um, I'm looking up Richard Brunton, who is the one who built the first lighthouses there. And it just, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy that I talked about. I wonder if Small they coincided. World. They were partners. So Richard Brunton is working with Joseph Dick. They both went at the same time in 1868 to build lighthouses. Uh, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Mr. Dick he was this do you know by chance was this his first project or was this mm. one of several was he already far established at this time of the, uh, this lighthouse we're going to talk about i think he was well established because he was there. selected to go to japan it wasn't like okay who wants to sacrifice you know but i mean once he was in japan his yes. tour in japan yes he has um well, he was also very generous, and so Japanese, the Japanese loved him because he, in times of hardship in Japan, he would come out and help, you know, Whoa. supply people with food and money and stuff. So it wasn't that he was a bad guy, but to his wife and children, I think it was a little low. Well, they really <laughs> loved England. <laughs> he, he really loved Japan. Yeah, so he, he, he has a monument for him Whoa. over there. Yeah, he's, he's pretty high up there. He's... Uh, the big big dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, I just thought I was. I read this the Scottish engineer, and I was like, oh, we've covered another Scottish engineer. I should go yeah. take a look. And it's just that they they were partners. He's not mentioned in any of the. You know, it's all in Richard's name. Yeah. But yeah, Joseph Joseph was in there, and I was just I just think it's wild. It's completely unrelated. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Brunton built another 25 lighthouses in Japan as the country wanted to illuminate their new ports for foreign boats and other countries to start visiting and yeah. doing trade and all of that. And in fact, one of the lighthouses he built was the very first concrete structure in Japan. That's so crazy. The earliest instance of concrete is the lighthouse. And I can't remember the name. It's not the one we're covering today. Um, this one came in a little bit later than that. I have a potentially unanswerable question okay is japan a volcanic formation like is it a rock uh, ground structure so they didn't need concrete for foundations um i want to say yes mount fuji isn't that a dormant mm, i believe so yeah let me check because that would that would align oh, just... with saying they don't know how to they don't they did not at the time know how to manage concrete and I mean, yeah, rock. that's interesting. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Mortar. I do think you're right. Because I also think Japan has trouble growing crops. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's why they're so, Aye. my cultural knowledge is so short. They're, they're so, um, they eat so many fish. It's a cultural history of not being able to support crops mm -hmm. and uh, therefore animals as well. What am I trying to think of? Livestock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the animals in the backyard. The the pe- the things that walk around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is a volcanic uh, island. Okay. Mount so Fuji's that, a volcano. I'm gonna I'm gonna presume assume <laughs> that's <laughs> the history behind their concrete experience. Yeah, maybe we'll that's have cool. to see. That's, Interesting. That's an uh, that's a good thought to have. You smart person. <laughs> I love guessing and having no one to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Except for the internet. It's just me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, it'll be the internet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, we're starting to get people telling us that we're wrong, which um, I like it after <laughs> it, the hurt wears off. <laughs> uh-huh. I have the, uh, yeah. The, Garlic. The constructive criticism. I have an initial reaction of sadness, and then <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> You know, I just got to sleep on it. And then I'm like, oh, thank you for enlightening us. We always appreciate it. <laughs> so, yeah, feel free to tell us if we're wrong. Um, maybe gently for my own constitution. So I interrupted. We're talking about uh, the first concrete structure. Yes. So the first several lighthouses in Japan are obviously extremely similar to Scottish and British style lights, which nice. it makes logical sense that the Scottish the engineers paste. would come in. Yeah. Yeah, we like, still do that today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They they did a good job because no two lighthouses look exactly the same, obviously. Yeah. And the one we're talking about today is obviously a Scottish light. It's like the Scottish design Scottish? lived on. Yeah. Okay. The one that we're talking about today is Scottish style. And I have never seen one like it because it's very skinny. Oh. Like normally Scottish lights are, they're domed and they're white and they've got like... um like cross hatching going on the on the out um the outside of the glass okay. around the frontal lens and they're usually a little bit more stout and wide but this one's pretty tall but it has the same aspects of I, I think that's probably the Japanese influence this one's built like 50 years later yeah. from when, when they started so it's probably the Japanese influence coming in a uh, uh, Japanese design influence coming right. in the light room is tall or the tower is the tall the tower is tall really? tall and skinny yeah cool I'm doing a lot of hand movements today. I'm all over the place. I'm like, circle of information. Yeah, we're going like, to need cameras <laughs> in here before long. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see this. Do I get to see the lighthouse? I really want to. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I'm looking at our cat, Joey. Yeah, we got Joey up on the screen right now because I couldn't find our logo to put up. Uh, another disclaimer before I say this next sentence. I am I'm, not, I don't know, ja- I don't know Japanese pronunciation. Uh-huh. I don't know how to read it. I don't know how to say it. I already struggle with English pronunciation. I'm glad you're doing it. So I'm just going to blaze ahead and just do my best. Uh, I thought I looked up all the pronunciations that I could, but I see now that I have missed a couple. Let's just dive <laughs> in. Just confidently dive. We'll have people correct us. It'll be all fun. Right. The Meiji government prioritized the Izu Peninsula due to a large number of maritime accidents. Mm-hmm. So that's where you see that most lighthouses pop up this early on. peninsula? Yep. yep. Nowadays, there are over 3,000 lights in Japan, not all of them running, but at least that many built, and they're overseen by the Japan Coast Guard. Co- whoa. Oh. Japan Coast Guard. I was going to say, that is the coolest thing. Ghost Guard. Like special forces. <laughs> the, the Japanese Ghost Guard. Yeah. Sorry. It was interesting uh, because it's just like, we have the U.S. 
Coast Guard, and then we have the Japan Coast Guard. Uh-huh. I never considered that the, it would just be the Coast Guard another of another guard country. On yeah, the coast. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, but that's that's what I got on the history. There's a lot more. It's hard to find at, in the U.S. trying to look up Japanese history right. without a special person to talk yeah. to. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, my parents are over there. Maybe they can help me with some. Maybe they can listen to my pronunciations and be like, ooh, that's bad. (laughs) They'd be like, you should have asked us beforehand. We could tell you what it's supposed to sound like. Ah, yeah, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, getting into the lighthouse. Now you get to see it. All of the pictures I could find, very few pictures of this. It's mostly people visiting and they post pictures online. Yeah, Google uh google trips or whatever yeah so they're they're really small pictures so not great quality nice quality photos but not high res yeah we see uh, before i describe the photo or we describe it we see a lot of uh good information on american united states lighthouses yeah and it's difficult because i don't know of another podcast maybe lighthearted does i'm not sure that explores international um lighthouse yeah i think we we're the between us and lighthearted okay well lighthearted does not cover international, international okay. i believe because they are from their yeah, root is LHS. in the u.s lhs so yeah. they're gonna cover u.s lighthouses so i think that's something unique to us we're big fans don't get us wrong oh yeah no yeah, we love is, we love the challenge. u.s <laughs> america usa right. usa there's a heart on it this lighthouse. Yeah, so I've pulled up a picture of the lighthouse for people that want to go to our YouTube and take a look. Or you can go to our Instagram. We also post the pictures there. You can kind of – I don't really put them in or, in any specific order, but I do label which picture, it, like what's in each picture and what I was yeah. referring to when I was talking about They're it. They're good so. to look through, especially after an episode. Yeah. Kind of reflect on it. Yeah. We're going to try and do better about describing pictures that we put up on the screen. But So right now, that's this lighthouse. Um we are heading to the town, here we go, uh, with some of our pronunciations, of Mihama Chita District, Aichi, Japan, on the Chita Peninsula cool. in Ise Bay. Wow, I like that. <laughs> Thank you for the specificity. Is that right? Specificness. <laughs> Thank you. I never felt so stupid until I put a microphone in my face. That you could be right, but I would just if I if someone asked me to say what I was thinking, it would be specific. So, may I? Or you go for it. Uh, describing. Yeah. Sure. So first off, it is not that tall from no. this appearance, but it is up there compared to the fact that it is right on the water. Mm-hmm. I'm talking maybe 50 feet to water's edge from the base of the tower yeah and that's that's probably plays into what you were just talking about is if you look up the lighthouse you can see that it's very rocky Uh it's not sandy beaches and that would make it safe to put this lighthouse right up next to the water because you don't plan on rock eroding away the same way that sand does like talking about nasset beach having to be moved so often because of the sand erosion and like you have cliffs but it's not they're not rocky cliffs they're beachy cliffs so this would it would explain why it can be so close to water and it's not it doesn't seem like something that would be moved often well we could we could actually have a a civil engineer come on and talk about this but oh some projects i work on at work have piers 
just like you'd have a pier in the water in yeah. the ocean, this a column, a structural column that would go down to a, a solid piece of rock, a bedrock, mm-hmm. where you're building a building on stilts on the water. Yeah. That is also true in the middle of South Carolina sometimes. The project I'm working on mm-hmm. has piers that go down, I want to say 50 feet. Oh, wow. Uh, because the ground it's on is technically sandy soil. So, oh, and so it's, it needs to reach, it needs to anchor to something right. solid. So it's it's on an oh. ocean of sand, essentially. Okay. Which is crazy for what we're looking at right now on screen. There appears to be concrete, maybe just as the surface pad. Mm-hmm. But who knows, that foundation could go down several feet. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, it, it looks like it's a rock shore. And then you've got a granite sign that looks really nice. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I don't read Japanese. Um, it is in Japanese. The water looks pretty. It looks a little rougher than I would have guessed. The nice thing about this lighthouse is it's bright white all over. It's not, yeah. you know, normally you have a, you see a, like a black out. or red uh, lantern room. But in this case. Is it white up there? Yeah. Wow. I'll that's show another unusual. picture um, of something that's in front of the lighthouse. Okay. Right in the background, it's the lighting, the lighting is better for you to see what the lighthouse actually looks oh, like. Okay. But it's, I don't want to give it away right now. In, a, in the far distance, it could be a shipping barge could be a cruise ship but obviously near a shipping lane which makes sense Mm -hmm. for a lighthouse so pretty photo yep it's 66 feet tall currently has an led beacon inside of a fifth order lens i believe there's okay there is not a lot of information on the on the world wide web about this lighthouse and i think the only way to really know what's up there is to go see yourself but you can't Because that little fence there. There is a fence. Um, we hate fences. We hate fences. We're lighthouse people. We hate fences. We're Americans. <laughs> Down with fences. We hate fences. <laughs> we should be able to go wherever we want, whenever yeah. we want. Yeah. I like the, I don't know anything about, about it, but there's a little heart near the door. Little, that that plays into what's special about this lighthouse. Oh. Not a lot of information, but there is some information and it's special. But so. you can't touch it. You can't touch it. <laughs> no selfies. So I think it's inside of a fifth order lens. They talk about how they did a renovation. And in some sources it says, because it's translated from Japanese, yeah. it's it's hard to figure out what it's actually trying to say unless you speak Japanese or read it. Um, but I think that it now has a fifth order lens switched over from a different order lens before mm. that. But there were some that were saying that the fifth order lens was removed, replaced with something, but I couldn't figure out what it was trying to say. Okay. So, uh, the range is 15 kilometers right now, um, and its characteristic is ISO W6S, which means ISO is another thing we haven't encountered yet, and I've noticed it a lot more than I'm doing international stuff. Yeah. It's basically equal phases of light and dark, so it's not flashing and it's not group occulting. It's equal phases so you're not seeing moments of darkness or moments of light you're seeing equal switching it's like alternating black and white is kind of more what it's like and it's white light three seconds of white three seconds of dark cool and it's right on a beach is what i mentioned um there's actually a lot of stuff along here and there are beaches so the land that it's on is rocky but if you drive down just a little bit there's beaches my mom said there's a really nice beach that we're gonna go see when because they're humoring me and taking me to this lighthouse (laughs) is it like a tourist area is it a fishing area i'm not sure nagoya is pretty uh my mom said it's pretty there's a lot of english going on so it's 
friendly towards it's western u.s it's westernized uh people living there so i don't know if that makes it touristy or if it just makes it you know there's more yeah more u.s people walking around um so this is in nagoya which is a region this is near nagoya or city nagoya is where my parents live it's a city okay <laughs> i think this is like 50 minutes away okay driving cool so. lucky you Going into the history that I could find on this cute little lighthouse. It was built... Oh, here we go. Here, I need to reference mine. Built during the Taisho period and first lit March 10th, 1921. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That's, that was their first lit lighthouse? 1921? No. This is not the first lighthouse. Oh. <laughs> that was 18... That's what I was saying. Uh, 1869, I believe. Okay. And so this one's... It's... If you think about it, it's not that much later. It's only 50 years-ish. Yeah. But that's what I was saying is that it's very clearly Scottish. Um, Style. Inspired. Uh, but it's obviously, it's picking up some a- different aspects of design. It's the oldest lighthouse in the Aichi Prefecture. Prefecture. It's an English word that I actually didn't <laughs> look up. <laughs> I, say, I don't, I think... Yeah. I know what it's saying. It's uh, basically a region. I'm just going to say region. I think it's more um it's more political. It's more of a political separation, not like a region, which kind of Okay. Region I always think of like geological, you know, like it's separated by regions. It's not really Oh, I just don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Geographical. Yeah. Yeah. In 2008, it was extensively renovated. And its lens was replaced with an LED beacon with the fifth order lens. I'm not sure what it was before. Okay. If that's, if that's how it is now. Um, this reduced the power. It was originally 25 kilometer range. And so I don't know if that was on purpose or if they just didn't need it as much anymore. So they want to keep it. Yeah. I don't know. Weird to reduce power. But the former lens is now on display at the museum at... Deyozaki <laughs> <laughs> Lighthouse oh, yeah. in the Mie Prefecture. All right. Okay. Great. Moving on. <laughs> you can go see it. Type it oh, into your Google Maps. By the way, <laughs> this lighthouse is called the Noma Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said yet. It's the Noma Lighthouse or the Nomazaki Lighthouse. No matter. Very sorry for getting almost all the way through this episode I wasn't without worried about saying it. what the name is. It's going to come up sometime. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's Noma. So the, here's where the lore comes in the Noma Lighthouse is actually a place where effectively love went to die. It was like if you came to this lighthouse, your relationship was going to be in jeopardy. Your relationship was no more. It was like. No, no, shame, shame, shame. (laughs) Good one. Thanks. The basically there was a superstition that this lighthouse was cursed and it was going to jinx your love life. The heartbreaker. So a tradition which we see a lot here in the U.S. as well was born of placing locks on the fence that was around the lighthouse, and basically. If a couple went to the lighthouse and placed a padlock on the fence together, mm. then their love would prosper. And it's actually the number one attraction in Mihama, 
which is the peninsula that it's on. Oh, cool. Uh, that could be wrong. Mihama is the city. Mihama. Type, type. It's a town. Okay, so so it's the number one attraction in that town in Japan. Okay. So before leaving, the couple that just placed their lock would then ring the bell, which is called the Bell of Bonds, in front of the lighthouse, and it faces the water, and mm-hmm. it's quite nice. Cool. So here, let me pull up a picture for you to see that. Do you have picture. audio or no? No. Okay. There's barely anything. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> doing my absolute best. Here's where the locks are placed. I'll talk a second about why it's not on the fence anymore. <laughs> you can probably guess why. So here's the locks. Here's h- how they look now. And then the bell Whoa. looks like this. Yeah, the bell That's of That's a bonds. dramatic angle someone took that photo at. Yeah, I know. But this is the picture I was talking about. You can see the lighthouse is completely white beside the railing. Yeah. Everything, including the lantern room, all of that's all white. So very cool. pretty. Cool. Yeah, very it's a pleasing. beautiful spot. What's on the left? Is it a boat? I wonder if that's why they took the photo this way. Try Looks to like a fish head. Out. <laughs> They're holding up a fish. If you look at our photo, you can see that the padlocks are not on a fence. They're on like a like bars that have musical notes on them. And so obviously the problem with adding padlocks to a fence is that eventually the weight's going to be too much and the fence <laughs> is going to give out. Yeah. Which you see that every time there's a yeah. a lock attraction, people put it on bridges and stuff, eventually the fence just gives out because it's too much. So it was rebuilt several times before 2000 when Mihama declared the area to be a protected park. And the... <clears throat> oh, this one doesn't have a pronunciation, so I'll do my best. Koinomizu Shrine... <laughs> set up branches to hold the padlocks instead of all of the fencing. So you weren't putting it on chicken wire um, and instead putting it on something that was actually built to handle it. And then in 2011, the Mihama School, Nihon, Fukushi University, (laughs) (laughs) set up uh, the musical. It's like it has musical notes on it. Something special about it where it's kind of part of the attraction as well. And so now the padlocks double as another cool thing to see around this lighthouse. Oh, cool. And that is the Nomazaki Lighthouse or Noma Lighthouse. So, okay. So and that's what I got. <laughs> there's a bell here. Yes. That you ring. Mm-hmm. There's a plaque on the ground. It probably says Bell of Bonds. Oh. There's a, a heart with a music, some music notes on it. Mm-hmm. Turning around the jinxing of the lighthouse. Yeah. So you're going to this without me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah love yeah. can be family it can be familial love yeah but you don't want to jinx either any of those situations so what are you talking about you're telling me that i'm uh, so what do i do am i gonna go bring a lock and ring the bell by yourself i guess no yeah find another lighthouse to go to well, i cannot believe you planted that in my brain this whole time i didn't think about what do you jinxing anything <laughs> You're, you're, you are jinxing this. I feel like you just told me about this lighthouse. It's my responsibility to respond in that, in that <laughs> way. Well, then maybe I'll bring a little lock and uh, Carly and I will put it on there. Or my dad. My dad will be pseudo you for this purpose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are these things we're looking at on the lighthouse? Are those lights and windows? Uh, I don't know. The picture is not clear enough for me to see. I think they're windows I would, into a stairwell or something. I would think these, the big ones are windows and these little things are lights. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I don't know. It's 
a pretty good picture. Yeah, it is. It is right on it the water. I know it. That is like you can barely walk between the water's edge in some areas and the fencing that goes around the lighthouse. Hopefully that's their high tide. I don't know. Nuts. Cool. I like the little platform it's built on. Stairs up to a platform. Yeah, it's like tapered. Totally unnecessary, unnecessary rail there. They do have signage on this, you know, this little railing thing going on. So yeah. I am excited to see and see what what it looks like in person. I'll try and take some better pictures so when I post about it, uh, you can see all the details. Yeah, cool. Wish I could find more, more history about this one, but it's still got cool, cool information. So this is not the first, just to be clear, not the first lighthouse. It was not the first lighthouse lit. Also not the first concrete no. structure. Mm-mm. Just one where you're going to go. That was just part of my history buoy. It's all white. Yep. Which is unusual. White. I don't know if I've seen that before. I know. That's what I'm saying. It, it looks really clean. Yeah. As long as they keep it clean, which obviously they do. But if it were to get dirty, it'd be really obvious. It's like wearing white shoes. You know, um, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Ocracoke Lighthouse mm-hmm. was white and thick. Yeah. I don't remember the top of it. I don't remember the light room. Was it black? Yes. Oh. Okay, well then never mind. <laughs> I've got a picture of Ocracoke Tower um, in North Carolina. It's gorgeous. We got to go there. Really mm-hmm. cool. It's got a long story you should look into um, if you're a listener about why it's that white color and texture. Yeah, it's very so. interesting and not something I've heard before. So it's kind of fun if you want to go listen to our Outer Banks Lighthouses episode. Can't remember what episode number it is. Maybe 10. But I won't be held accountable for if it's not (laughs) (laughs) but that's it that's what i got hopefully when you guys listen to this episode i will be there and we'll be able to post pictures of us there and you can see what it actually looks like our first japanese lighthouse i know very cool yeah that's right thank you you're welcome so go into our show notes i have a lot of references for this lighthouse that um and as well for the lighthouse history in japan it's like 150 years of history which it's like a baby compared to everybody else (laughs) a little baby it's like a little baby cool Uh, also in my show notes will be our link tree link where you can follow us on instagram or look at our youtube our linkedin basically any of our socials and can also go to our website from there where you can listen to our podcast at basically any branch of where you listen to your podcast cool and thank you, everybody. We've been gaining a lot of followers lately and yeah. having people reach out to us. and, and Send us stuff, and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, we've had people send us some swag from different lighthouses. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I've heard some feedback, both positive and negative, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, uh, and we're always learning and doing our best because we love lighthouses, and we just want everyone else to get to learn about them as people that don't get to research or don't have a reason to i will just deliver it to you (laughs) yeah well it's it's a it's building speed for me because i have a a list that keeps growing of things i want to talk about i've got some surprises for you have you Um, seen our google sheet recently our google sheet i'm not familiar with it where where you list like um what our uh, oh yeah our, our, our episodes i added tabs so that we can oh. put in what our prospects are our, our episode prospects wow and i'm writing in there why i'm interested in each lighthouse not so you can look at it but so i can uh, organize them cool. appropriately 
So we have everything plotted out. We've got the next <laughs> year of episodes coming at you. Yeah, honestly, it's, I think I have like we probably, 20. We probably do have a year. It's kind of sad. So we'll, we'll have some guests on in the next uh, couple, I don't know when they'll air, oh, but hey. in the next couple of recordings, I've got some guests coming. Okay. I've got a surprise for you, at least one. Um, yeah. Sounds so like a blast. I don't know. I just want to say thank you, everybody. We don't we don't acknowledge you too often. So yeah, we appreciate thank you listening you. and hanging out with us. Yeah, just listening is good enough. We love it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you will go to our Instagram so you can probably see me at this lighthouse, <laughs> 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 and you can hopefully enjoy it um, vicariously through me as I visit. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you listen into our next episode on the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah.